The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Horsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wander and Will Lomas. We are here to recap the Titans' 9-6 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Uh, a lot happened in that game, but I think the biggest thing that happened was the return of quarterback Marcus Mariota. Uh, so before we get into anything else, let's talk about sort of the moment Mariota returned. Not, not his performance quite yet, just the moment he returned. Because I was just kind of talking about, like, when I was watching this game and I saw Mariota warming up on the sideline after Gabbert had gotten killed by Malik Jackson, I was like, oh, thank God. Because Blaine Gabbert looked horrific in his limited time yesterday. He missed a wide-open Taewon Taylor on a boot. Got hit, sacked, knocked around. They ran like three pass plays, and I think he got sacked or at least hit on all three of them. Just bad, and it didn't look like it was ever going to get any better. And the, that the law eventually the Titans were going to to uh, just fall away. But when Mariota came in, I'm like, oh, okay, well maybe the Titans will win this. Is that kind of how you guys felt? Yeah. Um... Travis Haney had been saying uh, for a while, for the whole week, really, um, he was pretty sure that Mariota was going to play regardless. Um, so I think if Gabbard had con- Gabbard and the office ha- had continued to sputter for maybe one, maybe two more drives, um, I think we were going to see Mariota because they just they did not look good. I I mean it's it's kind of tough to blame him for the sacks. The offensive line just got absolutely destroyed on both of them. Um, just no resistance against a, a tough defensive front. Um, but yeah, that missed the Taylor was bad. Um, and it, it's just, you're just so limited on offense with Blaine Gabbert that, that, that it just, that, there was no way. I don't, I don't know if we would have scored um, a single point uh, for the rest of the game. So I, I was very glad. I, I wasn't glad to see Gabbert um, get concussed. Yeah, yeah. and it, let's make that very clear. Was, we're, we're never happy yeah. when someone's hurt. Right, and especially like that, he got absolutely pummeled. I, I was actually, I, I was concerned because it was a really bad hit. Uh, thankfully, it's just a concussion and not, nothing else happened. Um, but yeah, once Mariota came in, uh, I was anxious to see how he would he would throw the ball. Uh, and at, honestly, after I saw him throw the first one, I was uh, I was like, all right, this is this is already better than Gabbert. Um, and, and we'll talk about his performance later. But um, it it did bring a jolt of confidence. Um, especially with the defense having having played well to that point in the game. So, yeah. Uh, talking about players that, you know, we never want them to get hurt or anything like that, 
I just want to bring up that uh, Andre Branch and William Hayes both got hurt this week. Uh, William Hayes is out for the uh, season with a knee injury, and Andre Branch is out for a few weeks with a similar knee injury. So I, I, those are both the guys who uh, had the dirty shots versus the Titans. I, I'm, not, I'm not cheering for it. Just wanted everybody to know. Um, okay, so on Mariota, it was weird to me because I, I knew that there had to be some reason they weren't playing him. Which to me, yeah, totally. They asked him to throw a twenty-yard, you know, nine route or something, and when he threw it in practice the day before they were deciding what they were going to do, he threw it and it faded on him, and it just didn't work well. Like that's after seeing what we saw, that's the only reason I can think they didn't put him in is because they knew everything was going to have to stay within fifteen yards. So I was afraid that. They were going to get to a rhythm, and then Mariota would throw a pass that sailed on him because he couldn't feel his fingers, and it was going to be picked, and the Jaguars would get momentum in a game that I thought had to be low-scoring and very controlled. So that part of it scared me just when he came on the field. But at the same time, you know Marcus can play really well with his legs, even if he never has to throw the ball more than five yards. So I felt like we had a much better chance of winning with a 90% Mariota than 100% Gabbert. I just wasn't sure if we were going to get a ninety or a ninety percent Marcus Mariota. Yeah, I think you're right about that. And my question, kind of throughout the game, was especially once Mariota started to play well, was you know, what was it that made Vrabel and these coaches think that Gabbert gave them a better chance to win? And I made a comment somewhere earlier in the week where I said, uh, you know, are we positive that a fully healthy Gabbert is better than an injured Mariota. Uh, I think not. we got we got the answer, yeah. Um, and I, I think the answer um, to your first question is really just Gabbert must look absolutely fantastic in practice when uh, when he's not dealing with pressure and stuff because I I, I honestly I, I'm not trying to bash this guy especially since he's injured right now but I don't know if this guy should really be on an NFL roster. I mean, I know he's better than Matt Castle, but Matt Castle shouldn't be on a roster either. Um, and maybe it's just the the level of backup quarterback talent in the league. But Gabbert is just, he's really bad. Um, he severely caps your offense. Um, and there just has to be better options out there. And considering that we have one of the most injury-prone quarterbacks in the league, it seems like, um, we should probably invest in a better backup quarterback next year. Um, I, well, I, mean, I know we tried with, with Luke Falk, but, I mean, we saw how that... There's kind of a went. fallacy in that. And I see a lot of people saying, you know, I saw someone on Twitter last night say the Titans need to leverage Mariota's contract where they have enough money to sign a capable backup. All right, we say that, but, like, who exactly is going to be on the street that's going to be good? No, yeah, that's why I kind of <laughs> kind of started to backtrack a little bit yeah. because I started thinking about backup quarterbacks and the fact that Chase Daniels gotten like twenty million dollars throughout his career and he is terrible. So, like, like, like would you be? Uh, I would take Josh McCown. I'll say that. Well, yeah, that's like, definitely. What about Sam Bradford? I, yeah, I don't know. He looks really bad, but I, he's better than Gabbert, in my opinion. Sam Bradford last year with the Vikings in the yeah, first he whenever he played was amazing. Didn't he have like the highest completion percentage of any quarterback to throw more than twenty passes or something? 
Like he like when he's healthy and has a decent team around him, he's really good. It's just he's never healthy and he very rarely has a good team around him. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good topic of discussion though. Would um you, would you take Fitzpatrick knowing that at some point in under when he's, he's under gonna contract, there's going to be some like quarterback controversy in your locker room because <laughs> it, they have, you know we joke about about the cycle of Fitzpatrick where he comes in and inevitably starts more than two or three games and fans fall in love with him and then as soon as a team commits to him he self destructs and crumbles like mm-hmm. that I mean that's that's what would happen so like would y'all sign Fitzpatrick knowing that, that was going to happen yes. I mean, I, I don't think there's, especially in this locker room, I don't think there would be a quarterback controversy. Nobody thought that with Jameis either. I and, did. Yeah, okay, we did. But Tampa Bay fans <laughs> enamored with him like the Titans have been with Mariota. But, but like Jameis Winston's teammates aren't like going to fight for him, you know? Like, I don't know. In the, in have the you same seen way that uh, that pregame speech he gave he really rattled, riled <laughs> up the W thing. <laughs> Before yeah. same. I'll never forget that. I was sitting at the Titan Stadium and I kept seeing on Twitter like Jameis is so country. I'm like, what? And then after the game, I saw the video and I just like did not stop laughing for a solid five minutes after. Yeah, I mean that's a true leader. Really, just captures the locker room essence very well. That's right. And then didn't Joe Flacco mock him at the podium? Everybody mocked him after that. If you're getting mocked by Joe Flacco, like, <laughs> something's going wrong in your life. Joe, Joe Flacco coming to Nissan Stadium in two weeks. Not the Ravens, Joe Flacco. Just so, Joe Flacco. Yes. <laughs> Get your tickets now. Um, <laughs> while we're kind of going through this, I just got some information about the game on Sunday that I could share. Uh, you know they do the honorary 12th Titan thing every game, and in the game release it is listed as surprise guest. Ooh, really? Yeah. So, uh, uh, who do you think it could be? It was James Shaw I, week one, if I'm not. I've got a guess. Two. Okay. I, I think know. I think it's going to be the entire Predators team. Well, they did that oh. last year. Yeah, they but they did that last year in the open, but. Uh, the Predators just won the President's Cup trophy. Yeah, whatever it is for the best record in the regular season, and I think they start uh, playing in the second week of October. So maybe they'll do them the next week. But I, I think I think that's who they're going to bring in. What if it's Delaney Walker on crutches? Uh, I would cry. <laughs> okay, I, I don't think. That yeah, <laughs> actually. What if it was him and his like actual shoulder pads, and he just played? <laughs> it's uh, it's gonna be uh, alumni from the 2014-15 Titans. It's like <sighs> McCluster, Zach Mettenberger, Ken Wisenhunt. It'll be the John Robinson appreciation game where we see the people <laughs> who were on the team before he came and rebuilt the roster. Dude, Mettenberger's busy. He's uh, practicing. Yeah, with yeah. the Memphis for the Antonio American and- Football League. Dude. He's on the Memphis, the Memphis Express. Express. Man. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna tear it up in that league. Actually, like no oh. joke. Oh yeah, totally. I'm just gonna watch that. So uh, let's talk some more about the the Titans and the Jaguars from Sunday. Uh, we're gonna talk in our preview episode later in the week before the Titans play the Eagles on 
whether the three of us would rather have the Titans defensive personnel or the Eagles personnel on defense. Uh, but it's kind of a preview of that conversation. You know, just the fact that we're going to be able to reasonably have that conversation about the reigning Super Bowl champions who got better personnel-wise on defense, that speaks to the defense that, that John Robinson and, and the Titans have built. I mean, we were talking a minute ago, when you, when you want to talk about star players, you've got a Dory Jackson, Jarrell Casey, and Kevin Byard. You want to talk about above average, you got Brian Arakpo, um, Wesley Woodyard, I would consider above average. You got Butler, you got Ryan. You want to consider good or average, like Kenny Vaccaro, Daquan Jones. You know, that accounts for everyone. There is no weak link on this defense, and there are some really strong links on it, too. Yeah, it's really nice to see um, what we saw on paper as a potentially elite defense kind of come to fruition. Um, And it's just awesome. I mean, their performance on Sunday was fantastic. Um, Pease and Brable have really put their players in a a good position. Um, They're not really giving up too many big plays. Um, And there was really only one drive on Sunday where they were giving up um, those short completions that are kind of annoying but don't really do any damage to you. Um, I, I mean, granted, they were helped by Bortles, who looked like the worst quarterback in the league. Um, but this is the third straight week um, that they're just not giving up a lot of points. In week one, they gave up 20 or 21, whatever, to the to the Dolphins because they had that kick return for touchdown. Um, 17 to the Texans week two, and then six against the Jaguars who had just put up, I don't even know how many against the Patriots, but they were flying high. Um, And then they just come crashing back down to earth against um, a really stout defense. Um, And right now, uh, in terms of overall defense, we're fourth in terms of points allowed in the entire league. No points Um, allowed in the first quarter through three games. Dude, how awesome. How nice is that? I remember we used to give up a touchdown on every first drive on defense and <laughs> yes. it was just it was so annoying we were always behind um but yeah and we're kind of doing it in all aspects I, I think maybe um the weakest link has been kind of the, the the run defense we have been giving up a decent amount of yards per carry um but i i don't think we haven't given up a rushing touchdown yet um and we haven't really given up huge plays on the ground um, so that's awesome. And the pass rush really looks good. Um, it's looked good in, in pretty much every, actually, no week one, it, we were kind of struggling, but Morgan was working back from an injury. We didn't have Harold Landry. Uh, Correa was still getting used to the defense and, um, Arakpo hadn't, hadn't really played in the preseason and, uh, practiced all that much. Um, and we're kind of seeing the pass rush really come alive over the last two weeks, uh, to go along with the run defense, uh, and the pass defense finally looked uh, fantastic this past weekend. So it looks like we've got ourselves a top five to 10 defense on our hands for sure. Yeah. I've always said there's only three stats that matter, uh, in football from a defensive perspective. And that's point allowed, which, uh, the Titans are fourth in, like we talked about, uh, sacks, which the Titans are tied for ninth in and takeaways, which the Titans are tied for 12th in. So the Titans are doing Great. I mean, across the board, great. And, you know, we touched on all the top-end players. I'm not sure any team in the NFL has a better defensive back off the bench like we do in LaShawn Sims. Oh, totally. Linebacker linebacker off the bench in Rashawn Evans or Woodyard or Brown, whoever, whichever one of those guys you're putting on the bench. And then uh, 
a front seven player. I'm just going to say that in Harold Landry, who's the guy who comes off the bench for the Titans. So just in terms of getting fresh bodies in and having depth, I don't know any team in the league who has players at all three levels like that who could come in immediately and start, and you're pretty confident in them. So, And that's something we'll talk about later in the week with the Eagles is that's one of their big strengths is just their pure numbers right in, the, in their front seven. I, I was going to say I don't want to get too much into it, but most of uh, the Eagles' depth comes on the defensive line, which they've done a really good job building defensive tackles and defensive ends. But, I mean, it's not like they're just absolutely loaded at linebacker or defensive back, despite the perception. You know, the thing is, for the, I've spent the last two or three years, every year before the draft, I sit down and I write, the Titans need to get better depth at pass rusher. The Titans need to get better depth at pass rusher. The Titans need to get better depth at pass rusher. <laughs> and for three years, they didn't do it. They, they, Josh Carraway, don't give me that. That was a throwaway pick. Seventh-round picks are throwaway picks. But this mm-hmm. year, they actually did it. And, you know, Brian Arakpo has said, you know, uh, he, he said after the Houston game that, you know, because they have so many bodies in Correa and Harold Landry you brought up, he and Morgan don't have to be on the field every play. And that's good for two reasons. You mentioned the the stamina issue and and keeping fresh bodies. But more than that, and I I can't tell you how many times I have used this phrase in articles over the last two and a half years, it gives the Titans a pass rush change-up. Because what they've been doing with Arakpo Morgan, who are both great players, they've been doing the same stuff over and over again. You can only power rush so many times before the tackles are just, number one, ready for it, and two, equipped to stop it. And so because they have Correa, who's much more of a speed guy, and, and Landry, who's that, that bender that they've never had since Javon Curse, as far as I'm concerned, you're able to throw some change-ups in there and keep people guessing. And I think that, more so maybe even than the stamina issue, helps Arakpo and Morgan. Yeah, I remember two years ago, um, I started to get kind of really upset with Dick LeBeau um, because we weren't getting pass rush. Uh, we weren't getting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks um, towards the end of the year because Arakpo and Morgan were playing like 90% of the snaps, um, and we just literally had no one to put in. I think our our backup pass rushers were David Bass, and he must have been like rookie Aaron Wallace or Sean Spence maybe. Um, so it, it was really bad, and, and it's really good to have um, that rotation again, um, something that I don't think we've had since maybe 2008 when we had J- Jim Schwartz as our defensive coordinator, and he, he we all know how much he loves to just uh, to rotate his guys and keep his guys fresh, um, and we had so many good pass rushers um, during that 2008 season uh, where we went 13-3, and and we had one of the best defenses in the, the entire league. Um, so it's just really good to be back at that level um, in terms of depth and in terms of talent um, of our pass rushers. Yeah, and it's uh, one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot is it gives you that fun NASCAR package you can run too when you have three or four guys who can rush the passer. So now instead of having a liability slash somebody who's not going to do much like an Austin Johnson or Daquan Jones at defensive tackle, you can kick Derek Morgan into defensive tackle and have him and Gerald Casey in the middle and Arakpo and Landry on the edge and really just make it uncomfortable for a quarterback to really step in any direction. So, I mean, 
it helps being able to rotate guys, but it also helps because you can see, okay, this guy really struggles with speed. Let's put out Landry. Okay, this guy really struggles with an anchor. We can put out Arakpo or Morgan. I mean, it, it really gives you options to beat tackles because very rarely do you have an offensive tackle who can do everything well. Like Tyron Smith can do that. Lawan can do that. Even Conklin, who is an all-pro at right tackle, struggles with speed sometimes if he doesn't get a good kick step. So, I mean, even some of the best tackles in the NFL still struggle with certain things. So if you can find what an offensive tackle can't do well, pass rushers talk about setting guys up with moves, and that's part of it. So, I mean, it's great to be able to do that, and a smart defensive coordinator should be able to use them in a way that you know puts them at – at some sort of advantage for somebody to get a play, even if we don't have the spike in production like we have in the past with Arakpo and Morgan getting, you know, 80% of the sacks. So Mm -hmm. we talked in our preview last week about how the key to defending the Jaguars offense is going to be to get pressure on Blake Bortles because that's when he kind of shuts down. And they did that early and often. I think it was maybe the first series that Wesley Woodyard was able to, to sack Blake Bortles. And at that point, right, it was over. He started throwing inaccurate passes. He started holding the ball too long. And and uh, I just think that that's the key with Blake Bortles is you got to get pressure on him, and the Titans absolutely did. Yeah, they, they got a, a bunch of pressure. Um, I think it was 15, 15 total pressures um, in 58 snaps um, that with 10 hurries, three sacks, um, and two quarterback hits. Um, and when – like you said, it, if Bortles gets flustered by pressure, um, he's done. And we saw it. We saw it this week, um, and we didn't see it in week two because the Patriots just couldn't. They couldn't get close to him. Um, and when Bortles has um, a perfect pocket and his receivers have time to get open because they're they're really quick and, and explosive, um, and if they have time to get open, he's going to find them. Um, but in this game. He had no time. He was rushing all of his throws, and he was thrown behind so all of his receivers. It was it was a really bad performance. Uh, we should probably be thankful because I don't know if we're going to see another quarterback performance like that for the entire year. We will um, when they again. play Bank Bortles again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> at home. Yeah, on Thursday night football. I forgot uh, that's a Thursday night game. Yeah. Always good for the home team. Although he torched us last Thursday night football game. I don't know if you guys remember that. No, 307 yards and three touchdowns. Oh, in garbage time. Yeah. In garbage yeah. Time. yeah. In old Blake Bortles time. <laughs> he was horrible the whole game, and then he ends up with 337 yards and three touchdowns. I remember the yeah. Titans just keep kept marching down the field, and then the Jaguars kept punting. I'm like, how long is this going to go on before they just resign? I know. That was a terrible game. I think Gus Bradley got fired the, the week after. No, I mean, he got fired at the end of the year because I yeah. remember talking after that game as if he was going to, but then it didn't happen. You're right. Yeah, and Con, yeah, Con was like, I have faith in him and all that, and then they fired him at the end of the season. I think. <laughs> yeah, but it was the nail in the coffin. Yeah. So let's let's talk about Mariota's performance yesterday. Obviously, he was limited. They didn't run hardly anything down the field. Um, but look, this dude. Whatever you think about him, and I'm typically on the low end with Mariota, as you guys know. I did a Periscope a week ago, and someone came in and called me the Mariota hater. Um, <laughs> and, it was, and well, this was this was after the Texans game, and Mariota hadn't even played. 
Um, uh, Mariota is very clearly far leaps and bounds superior to Blaine Gabbert. And it's so frustrating because he's like on the bottom end of legitimate starters, but he's so far ahead of these like borderline backup guys, you know? Like, 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 let's just talk about Mariota for a second because heroic performance yesterday. He delivered his passes accurately. He looked incredibly comfortable. He used his legs effectively. Um, where would you rank Mariota with other quarterbacks in the NFL? So I'm just going to pull up a list of NFL starting quarterbacks, and we're going to go through, and I want you guys to tell me, would you rather have Mariota or the guy that I just named? Ooh, okay. I like this. Okay. We're going to start with an easy one. And this is quarterbacks who started this week. Sam Bradford. Uh, Mario. Agreed. Matt Ryan. Uh, Give me Matt, Matt Ryan. Yeah. I would agree uh, with that. Although that's closer than. Yeah, uh, it's. It's really a lot closer than you'll think, but I mean, I, I would probably go Matt Ryan just because he's had a higher peak. But yeah, it, Joe, it's not. Anyway. Yeah, Joe Flacco, Mariota, definitely. Josh Allen, Mariota, Mariota, Cam. Josh Allen looked good, by the way. Let me just say, this is an interesting one. Cam, yeah, Cam Newton. No doubt. Oh, yeah, Cam. But That's I would I use Cam the same way I would use Derrick Henry as my quarterback. I think this one is pretty easy. <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. I'd rather have Mariota. Oh, Mariota. Um, Andy Dalton. Mariota. Mariota also. Even more than, like, prime Andy Dalton? Yeah. Is better than prime Andy Dalton. Okay, this yeah, one is but... easy. This one's easy for me. Tyrod Taylor. Much rather have Marcus. Oh, yeah. Mariota. Another, Mariota. another softball. Dak Prescott. Mariota. Mariota. <laughs> Dak is like the worst quarterback in the league right Dude, now. It's gotten so bad so quick. Yeah. Case Keenum. Mariota. 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 Yeah. Matthew Stafford. This is an interesting one. That one's tough. Oh, no. I think That's I would. I think I would rather have Stafford. He throws too many interceptions, man. So, yeah, he throws so okay, many. Okay. Well, Mariota threw more interceptions than touchdowns last year. Yeah, no, but Stafford has a way better supporting cast than Mariota. Yeah, and he's always had great supporting cast. Like, I'd rather have Mariota, man. Yeah, I think I would too. I put the, I I would go Stafford on that one. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers, we'll just put mark that one down. Um, Mariota. Mariota. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Deshaun Watson, especially after watching him in person last week, much more than Mariota. I don't even think that's close. Um, okay. Andrew Luck. Right now, probably Mariota, but in his prime, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Prime Andrew Luck was is better than prime Mariota so far. But uh five and, yards per attempt, Andrew Luck. Yeah. I heard someone on some TV show the other day like Andrew Luck's looked really good through two games. Yeah, what are they the watching? Ball. They all say that. It's just because he's not turning the ball over because he's throwing it on third and twelve. He's throwing it, it two yards out to Eric Ebron. I don't understand what they're even saying. He has three interceptions this year. Yeah, I don't get it. He he has not been good. So anyway, we'll just put that one as a push with Andrew Luck because that one's okay. hard to analyze. Uh, Blake Bortles, no question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's an interesting one: Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, oh, 
Yeah, if, if we're taking – okay, so if we're taking guys like right now, I mean, Mahomes has never thrown an interception. <laughs> so I, mean, I don't know how many more quarterbacks I would take over Mahomes right now. None. Not not how they're playing right now. He, he has no. the best three-game stretch to start a season, maybe Ever. of any three-game stretches uh, of any quarterback of all time. So And he's not throwing an interception. So yeah. there's if you're being honest, if you're not – you know, a San Diego or sorry, a Los Angeles Charger fan trying to defend Philip Rivers or something. He's clearly the best quarterback in the division. Speaking of, that's the next name on the list is Philip Rivers. Mariota. Rivers. I, I would like take Rivers. Rivers right now over Mariota. I mean, maybe if I had like okay, so if we're going out to win a game tomorrow, maybe. But I, I just feel like he's propped up so much by reputation and by getting behind and fighting to get back in games. Very true. He is Winston-esque in that regard. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, Mariota I, went toe-to-toe with him when we played them. Two yeah. Years and ago. Like, last so yeah. I'll, I'll put I'll add Philip Rivers to the... Uh, Andrew Luck category. Push. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff. I don't know. Ugh, that's, that's a tough, tough. one. I, I really, He's so inconsistent, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, well, so I'm is gonna Marcus. Yeah, I'm going to push yeah. that just because... I don't think golf has done anything better than when Marcus was making a bad offense work because he's had Todd Gurley to always dump it off to who's yeah. won the yard screen touchdowns. So we'll, we'll push but, that one? Yeah, just because I, yeah. I want to see Marcus in this okay. offense like, long term. I would take Mariota. I think if Mariota was in that offense, he would yeah. absolutely tear it yeah. up. If he, if he, yeah, I'll take Mariota too. If he played for McVay, uh, somebody put out today that McVay is the best coach in the league this year at preventing three and outs, which is believable, but it's something like it only happens on 5% of his drives, which is insane. But anyway, sorry. Um, okay, Ryan Tannehill. I'm going to take Tannehill. Wow, Tannehill looks good. Tannehill, dude. did he? Did you see the stat I just sent you guys about Tannehill? Ten and yes, one in his yes. last eleven starts. Yeah, that's really it's it's hard to argue that. Like Tannehill looks, but the offense is catered for him to look good. For yeah, him. we. I mean, him we and Gaze are a perfect fit, but he doesn't yeah, turn the ball all over. That's the thing. Mariota does. Well, yeah, but it, but they don't run the same. Like we haven't seen Mariota in this offense, and that offense we talked, and it's all quick pass because they're terrified of their offensive line. It's all quick pass, get the ball out, and hope somebody makes a play, and it has for a while. The quarterback win stats is kind of a weird stat because I don't know how true it is, but yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I push that just because yeah. he's in the perfect system for him. I'm taking Tannehill. I, I just I, I, I like I'm going to push it also, but I, I think Tannehill is very underrated. Tannehill okay. is underrated. I, I was not Here, Tannehill here's guy. another tough one for me. Kirk Cousins. Wow. I, mean, I, I, I like Cousins. Yeah, I like, I like Cousins. Cousins too. There's one on this list that I know I'm going to disagree with you all about, but keep going. I, I go Cousins. <laughs> you go Cousins? Okay. Yeah. Um, Tom Brady. I think we'd all go Tom Brady. Um, yeah. Drew Brees. We all go Drew Brees. Eli Manning. We all go yeah. Mariota. <laughs> yep. Yes. Sam Darnold. I'd, I'd probably rather have Mariota. Mariota. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this might be the one we're going to disagree on. Is that Alex Smith? Derek Carr. <laughs> oh. oh, my God, Mariota. Yeah. Oh, I thought, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Derek, I Carr's, Derek Carr is overrated. Derek Carr is a paper tiger. For like three years. Derek Carr is what? He's a paper tiger. All his stuff is like 
a lot of. I mean, what did he, he had a game the other day where he was what like seventeen of eighteen or something, and they lost. Yeah, he threw two but, picks. Yeah, because because he's not he's not it, he never is as, as his stats look. Okay. Oh no, you're talking about the game against the Broncos. Yeah, that's yeah. a joke. Yeah, I would. Okay, I don't know. That one's tough for me because I like Derek Carr. I think he is. You like fairly you like rated from three years ago. Well, yeah. You you don't like Derek Carr now. Well, Derek Carr now is in the same situation that Marcus was in his rookie year. Hmm. You still got Amari Cooper. That, nah, uh, they they okay. don't. Nah. <laughs> what does that mean? It's like saying Mariota has Corey Davis. Well, I mean, it's not exactly like that. But I'm kidding. Yeah. Are we doing the Corey Davis thing? <laughs> yeah. Are we going to compare? No, no, we're not doing Corey that. <laughs> After that, we're going to compare um, Brett Kern to the punters in the yeah. NFL. Um, okay, Carson Wentz. I think that should be easy. Carson Wentz. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Big Ben. Big Ben. I know uh, Matias is going to disagree on this one. I, I also may disagree just because, like, outside it, it turns of the ball over every play. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know that Big Super Ben. Super Bowls or two Super Bowls. Yeah. Right. But we're doing it off the games tomorrow, right? Like, not career highs. <laughs> Correct. I, I don't. I don't know that I like Big Ben enough for that. Like Big Ben has had the best supporting cast from offensive line to run. Like how many of the players he's played with recently are probably going to go to the Hall of Fame? Maybe David DeCastro. Antonio maybe Brown. Bell, Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell's not going to the Hall of Fame. Dude, I don't know. In terms of all purpose purpose yards, if he can keep it up for three more years, I don't know how many people have more than him. He's a really good player, man. I'm going Mario. Yeah, I'm going Mario to I'm tomorrow. I'm going Big Ben with that one. Yeah. Even I, tomorrow. I, okay. I'm going to put up in the middle. I'll push it. No, so this, since this is the tomorrow game, we're going to pretend that he's healthy. Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, Mariota. Yeah, Mariota. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Mariota. And I, it, it's hard because I was really high on Jimmy Garoppolo. I was last too, but he's, I, he's iffy. And you I guys know my thoughts. He, yeah. I think he and Mariota's arm talent are are equal or is equal, but Mariota has the leg advantage. So, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. Okay, is Here's this the, is this the one that we're going to disagree on? Yeah, I think I think Mariota's better than Russell Wilson right now. Uh, I don't. I, I would I'm, take Russ. I'm take I would Russell take. I, I knew we would disagree on this. I like. I watch Russell Wilson out there, and he looks frustrated. And, like, for the first time, like, he really doesn't have any offense to work with. And he just yeah. doesn't look very good to me. Like, and I know it maybe it's just a slump and, like, a lull. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if it, I, I don't no, know. This is, this is years of of them neglecting the offensive line. And he's just scarred from everything that has happened. And he's, like, seeing ghosts in the pocket. And Baldwin's out, right? Like, so he's, like, Baldwin's missing. Out, yeah. He's, like, number one. And so he doesn't have a go-to guy anymore. He doesn't have a tight end. He really trusted to move the ball. So yeah. now he's starting to panic and run around in the pocket more than he should because he's trying to get people open. And he's kind of acting like Deshaun Watson. And the defense in there to cover him and make up – I mean, they did when Earl Thomas had two interceptions yesterday. But, I mean, they played a Cowboys team without really much of a defense. And it, it he played fine. Struggle. He played well. Yeah, it, it wasn't a struggle for him. But, like – Russell Wilson two years ago annihilates that team. Yeah. I still take yeah, Wilson, though. 
I just take Russell because in terms of like mobility and arm talent, uh, there's like he's second to none in the NFL. Yeah. yeah, I guess if we're putting him right on any team, I'm, I'm I may push it, but I don't know. I just I just am more partial to Marcus. Okay. But this I knew we disagree on. Fitzy, I think we all put Marcus ahead of Fitzy. Yeah. And then Alex, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. We're winning the game tomorrow. We're, I mean, if we're winning the game tomorrow, there's no hotter quarterback in the NFL. Okay, well, like, calm down I mean, a little bit. Well, he's it's what him and uh, uh, what's his name are the leaders in touch. Were the leaders in touch? Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, like they've been pretty amazing. Now, like. If we're talking like realistically, yeah, I'm going to take Mariota. But like, if we're okay, game- we're talking realistically. Okay, okay. <laughs> and then last name on the list is Alex Smith. I think we'd take Mariota, right? Mariota. Okay. <clears throat> Where is he? Like eight? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Ahead of Mariota, we put twelve quarter. Excuse me, fourteen quarterbacks. What? We pushed really? we pushed two. And we took Mariota over fifteen quarterbacks. I think that's fair for where he is right and now. And you know what? I, I, I kinda wanted to do this exercise because I felt like he was going to be dead middle. And he literally yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. That is interesting. I wouldn't have imagined that. Because I, I like I, I always think of him as like a top twelve, top ten quarterback. Yeah, but now that I went through all of the quarterbacks, he's he's in the middle, which is fine. Yeah, which is I mean I, I've always said, and I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, that I think there's three categories of quarterbacks. I think there's elite guys who can drag a bunch of practice squad guys to Super Bowls, like Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, those guys. Then there's guys who can help you win games, but will need help to win Super Bowls. And I've always thought that's where Marcus is. And then there's guys you have to replace. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, uh, that was a fun exercise. And I, I think, you know, some three other people do this exercise. They're going to have different preferences. But I feel yeah. like no matter who does it, it, it's if they're being realistic like we were, it's going to end up pretty close to Mariota being in the middle. I can't wait to do the Derrick Henry one. <laughs> thirty-two, <laughs> but it's thirty-two. It's only where he all rushes. the backups. <laughs> like, uh, see that? I, I I'm trying to go through this. Like, are there any other prominent backups we could like? No, there aren't. I mean, if they're backup, we'd take Mariota ahead of them. Teddy Bridgewater's the only one that I would even consider. I would rather have Marcus. Injured, yeah. So yeah. But I, I think that gives us a good idea of, of where Mariota falls. And it's right in the middle. And, and, and to kind of conclude this topic before we close out, you could do a lot worse. But I think too many Titans fans sit around and think that Mariota, they either think that he's the worst and the Titans need to replace him, which certainly doesn't need to happen, or they think that he's this transcendent star, which he's not. He's never going to be. I made the Matt Ryan comparison last year of, you know, MVP potential, going to have some meltdown games, have to have pieces around him to win. 
I'm I'm kind of rambling at this point about Mariota, but mm-hmm. um, you know that that's just kind of how I feel about him. And 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 it all's going to come down to money, because I think if the Titans had an unlimited salary cap, Mariota's going to be their quarterback for the next ten years. But the problem is, do you pay a middle of the road starter who is often injured twenty nine million dollars a year? Yes. I mean. What else are you gonna do? What's the alternative? Ha- lose, like that, that's all- tank, tank for a top five quarterback. I mean, draft a bridge, draft a bridge quarterback, like or excuse me, sign a bridge quarterback, like a Case Keenum. That's the worst. Then you're just stuck in purgatory forever. In Case Keenum, like eighteen million dollars or twenty million dollars. I mean, is nine million dollars really the difference? And, that, but, I mean, and that's I, a good point. Especially when the uh, the uh, salary cap goes up ten million dollars every year. I'm yeah. also not sure if Mariota's going to get a huge deal. I'm because... not sure because, because I almost think that he doesn't have the like cutthroat. I deserve all the money in the world mentality. Like he, his agent may like be the one that fights for him, but yeah, like yeah. I, I feel like if Vrabel and I mean I feel like if Vrabel and Robinson are like, look, they get into a room with him and his agent, and they're like, look, this is what we think is fair. This is why we think it's fair. If you don't think it's fair, tell us. I think he'll say, instead of trying to grab the extra $4 million, I just think he's the kind of guy who will say, yeah, that's the actual fair value, and then I'm trusting y'all to renegotiate. And I think the Titans would. I mean, I think John Robinson has shown with Casey and Walker, and even with Lawan, like that he, if you're a good player and it looks like you have a bright future, it doesn't matter how old you are or whatever, Like he's going to pay you. So I think you can almost operate in good faith under the fact that you know, John Robinson is always taking care of players that he thought have has a bright future, and he's always paid his guys what he's thought they were worth. So I, I don't know if he necessarily gets a huge deal, but he may get a deal with a good amount of – you know, he may get 24 with 21 guaranteed per year, and then if he has a great year, they may renegotiate. It, yeah, I know it's always a business and it's all about money, but I just don't see Mariota going anywhere. Uh, I mean, the organization seems to love him. His teammates absolutely love him. He loves his teammates. He loves the city of Nashville. He loves everything about the team. And I, I just don't see the the I don't see this front office moving on from him. And, and, and with quarterback being uh, the volatile position that it is in terms of draft, I mean, like everyone knew that Saquon Barkley was going to be good. Everyone knew mm-hmm. that while Leonard Fournette may not have been a transcendent star, you could rely on him for 20 carries a game and he wouldn't suck. Everyone knew that, you know, even when there is no such thing as a transcendent draft prospect at the quarterback position. There just isn't. And it's why there was so much debate this year over, you know, Darnold or Allen or Mayfield. And so are you going to take that risk of maybe we never get anyone else that was as good as Mariota? Yeah, it's just not a risk you can really take, especially when your when your team is is a playoff contender um, and is maybe one or two years away from contending for a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, and this team is good enough to draft twelfth if they don't have a good quarterback. Like this coaching staff and these other, like, I mean, the defense they have and the running game they should have and the offensive line they should have. Like this game, if you had to have Gabbert for a season would accidentally win five games, which is like good, like I said, good enough for 12. And I mean, 
you just don't get great quarterbacks there. I mean, very rarely do you get a quarterback outside of the top ten who's a real star or somebody who's better than what you're going to get from Mariota. And then, you know, if you trade future first-round picks like the Bills did for Josh Allen to move up, I mean, they traded a left tackle and and other picks to get up and get Allen. And, I mean – he may be bad for three years, and they may have nothing to get a new quarter. I mean, it just devastates your entire organization if you're not settled with a good quarterback. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling too. My point is like it's really hard to get one of those elite quarterbacks, and if you've got a good quarterback, a GM's job is to find a way to win a Super Bowl with that guy. And I think mm-hmm. we're going to learn a lot more about this over the next couple of weeks as the Titans are healthy and we see – what real Mariota can do in this offense? Because Sunday was not real Mariota. Sunday was abridged Mariota. Yeah, he was very limited. Um, but I, th- I thought he looked very comfortable uh, within the offense. Um, he was making quick reads, getting the ball out quickly. Um, so I- I'm interested to see what the offense with a, he- a fully healthy Mariota would look like. Well, uh, I think that's going to wrap us up today. We didn't talk a ton about the specifics of the game, but I think this was, for our our time and our recap episode, more important to talk about. And I I think, you know, this was good for us because we came to a pretty good understanding of where Mariota is. Yeah, yeah. It's always good to kind of gauge everyone's feelings um, about certain players, and especially when that player um, is the most important player on your team. Um, and I think we saw how everyone feels, um, and, and I think it's in line with with the national thinking um, and with the thinking of a lot of fans, um, even though a lot of fans uh, have probably grown frustrated um, with Mariota just because he, he's not on the field and he hasn't shown the consistency um, that we hope. Um, it could just be so much worse, yeah. um, and, and, and we can win with him. We, we've shown that in the past. Um, and I think we just have to surround him with, with the proper pieces in order for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, the Titans have won, what, 21 games in the last two uh, two years and this year, including the postseason? I mean, that's a great stretch. I mean, it's hard to win that many games in that little amount of time. So compare that to when we would go two full years and win five games. So, I mean – it's different having a quarterback who can at least attack defenses in one way, and that's kind of what we talked about with Marcus Day, which was good to get all out on the table and kind of self-scout. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us in our recap episode. We will be back later in the week to preview Titans versus Eagles, which is going to be a really, really fun game. So if you're, if you're thinking about – you know, coming down to Nashville to watch a game or you're trying to get tickets, this is going to be the one to come and watch because I think the Titans are going to be fully healthy and the Eagles are really good, and it's just going to be a fun matchup. But we'll talk more about that later in the week, as I said. Um, that's going to do it for us. For Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas, I'm Luke Worsham. Thank you for listening, as always, to the Titan Size Podcast. Uh, we'll talk to everybody later in the week.